You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. If you want to have guarantees, you have to buy a washing machine. Either we win or we learn, and today we learn. It's infield to Mane, 25 yards out. Lovely ball for Pella. Onside, 1 0. Blue foul shot. Oh my word. It's unbelievable. He ran around the pitch like Bambi on ice. It was very, very embarrassing to watch. And now, your host, Matt Markstone. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast and newsletter dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans, and available right here on SouthamptonDelivery.com. My name is Matt Markson. I am the host of the show. And no matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, thanks for making the show a part of your day. I hope that you enjoy it. And finally, we have a home win to talk about the first time since April, uh, the first time all season we finally got over the line at home and gave the fans, I guess we'll say, a little bit of a performance, uh, something to talk about positively. So um, not all positive, of course. If you watched any of the match, you saw uh, a pretty dour 45 minutes of football. Uh, you saw us go behind by conceding uh, a goal from, a, from an error again in defense. Um, just things that shouldn't necessarily happen. But to talk about all that this week is Alan Gunn from St. Mary's Musings. And you can follow him at A underscore Gunzy on Twitter. You can also follow St. Mary's Musings. Uh, you can get all of Alan's match day tweets there at St. Mary's Musings. And Alan likes to have a lot of fun. Alan is uh, a joy to talk to. He, he will talk about his being around sports and the way he approaches things. So if you enjoy that part of it, um, be sure to follow along. Uh, St. Mary's Musings would be a good place for you to uh, get your opinions on Saints because you'll get lots of opinion pieces there. And the links to everything are in the show notes from the Twitter account to the website to Alan himself uh, is all there. But uh, it is a win nonetheless, a big win in a big week where Saints are going to face another uh, test, I guess, midweek at home uh, where they'll need to put in yet another performance for going away to one of the longest trips of the season uh, up to Newcastle where we haven't had very good luck as of late, but uh, we'll see how that all works out. So, of course, Alan and I did talk about the win. We are excited about the win, but there's still plenty of other things that need discussing. Uh, we will uh, kind of pick things apart because I think that's what we do. Maybe we overcompensate and try not to be too overly optimistic moving forward. But um, anyway, I hope that you enjoy it uh, kind of nonetheless. But um, it was an enjoyable conversation, though, I must say. And uh, if this is not an enjoyable listen at this moment, it's because I'm not at home. There have been some things that have happened since we recorded with Alan um, that mean I'm not sitting in the normal spot doing the normal thing. We're trying to get this out um, before we you know, do actual serious stuff. So uh, don't worry. Everybody is fine. We'll be okay. Just uh, needed to um, go, I guess. I don't know if that's too much information or what. Anyway, moving on. Uh, enjoyable conversations are always good. And I got to have one of those with everybody from the Total Saints podcast uh, that you uh, can get. So it's out now. Uh, it came out uh, on Monday morning. But Special thanks to Ben, Lucy, and Glenn for putting up with me. Uh, special thanks to Steve for uh, going on vacation and allowing me to fill in. Uh, I hope that you enjoy that show. Uh, if you haven't listened yet, um, there you go, I guess. Uh, anyway, links to that, of course, are also 
in the show notes. A special thanks to Ben for, for having me on once again. So anyway, I think that about wraps it up, except for the FA Cup draw that has happened since we last recorded and we drew Huddersfield at home, which is exciting to no one. So there's that. We will play that match um, in January. That will be great. I'm sure hopefully we win and we move on and draw somebody exciting. But until then, you know, we can only do so much. So uh, that said, let's jump into the episode now. I feel like I'm rambling and I need to go. So enjoy the episode. I'll talk to you on the other side. Thanks for listening. I really do appreciate it. So we'd like to welcome back to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Alan Gunn. You can find him on Twitter at A underscore Gunzy. And you can get his tweets at St. Mary's Musings. Um, Alan, thanks for joining the show again. And uh, nice to talk to you. Thank you for having me back. And a uh, shout out to, to my editor, uh, Jake Hughes, for uh, tipping for me to come back. Yeah, for having uh, some sort of commitment he had. on, And he's like, go get Alan. And I was like, gladly. I would gladly do that. Keep it in the St. Mary's Musings family. It's way easier and way better. And I'm way happy to talk to you uh, again. Because you haven't been on the show by yourself. I want to say it's... Last time I talked to you, I was in a hotel doing some sort of like weird school thing. And it was, uh, it was kind of a, it was stressful for me to like have to do it there. Uh, the guy that I was, that was in charge of me was not super stoked that I was staying up editing audio instead of doing what I was probably should have been doing, but it's okay. We're still here. Yeah. I think it was, uh, I was like a last minute call up again. That's, that's, we got to stop having you do I, that. I feel <laughs> like I'm relying on you very, a lot. <laughs> I like it. I feel like I'm getting a call up to the first team here. Someone needs me. Good. I mean, as long as you come in and, and perform, I guess it's okay. Hopefully. hopefully and, but you have to be wondering when do you get your, when do you nail down a starting spot? Because yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like squad number like 28. I have a, I have the only shirt I have a squad number on is 43. And I, 43. <laughs> yeah. It shows you where I'm at people's lives. Yeah. Um, but I mean, teens. just in case people don't, know what St. Mary's Musings is, like what, uh, what would people expect if they showed up uh, on the website or followed along on game day for, uh, at the Twitter account? Uh, well, if you look us up on the SB Nation, um, you can get a lot of opinion pieces. Um, that's, that's kind of our, our thing, opinion pieces. And then uh, if you go to the tweets, you can get a lot of jokes and uh, not a whole lot of seriousness because uh, I'm not, I'm not a serious guy when it comes to football. I like to enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you, and you do the match day, a lot of the match day tweets, right? Yeah. Do them all. And, uh, sometimes it's from a car. Sometimes, uh, we're having to travel. So I'm having to you know, double duty, watch a, watch it on the phone and, and then switch over to the Twitter. So, you know, we, we get it done though. That's right. That's right. And, uh, you and Jake have encouraged me not to be so serious sometimes, which is nice. I need that every once in a while. Uh, I tried to do something funny on Twitter and then I got copyright uh, smacked and my account was locked. Uh, so that was cool. Uh, Which one was that? What'd you get copyright for? Uh, so I took the James Ward Prowse free kick from yesterday from, from the, uh, Oh, you got copyright account from the, um, cause he put, what's his face? Little Yoda. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like James Ward Prowse taking the free kick Yoda, you know, steering it in and then, and then the ball going in and it was, it was like three and a half seconds and gift. And usually that, that, that's safe. You know, I know I can't do a video, but I figured the GIF was fine. And I woke up this morning only to find it was copyright struck. And then I was, uh, my account was locked. I had to read through a bunch of stuff and, and click around and then got my account back. But uh, I guess that's, <laughs> I guess that's the end of it for me. No, yeah, no. Yoda's, Yoda's a big no-no, apparently. That's, uh, they've been really coming down hard on Yoda for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's, um, 
you know, like that, that meme that's going around where it's the two guys, like, you know, big strong guys, like shaking hands or holding hands in the middle. And it's like the premier league and Disney, like copyright striking, literally everything. Uh, they are. So it, it made me mad, but whatever it's, I, I mean, it yeah. was, a, a, I guess by the letter of the law was a copyright violation, similar to a, a handball we had yesterday, but doesn't mean you have to call it every time. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Um, but but let's let's get into this because obviously going into yesterday, uh, we're coming into a huge week of, of matches and um, you know hosting Watford at home. That's it, they're 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 coming bottom of the table. It's a team we we need to pick up points against, but it's at home and we haven't done well. I mean, the last home win we have is is what going all the way back to to April of last year, and before that, I think it was March. So not a great record, only one point at home so far. But um, I mean, coming in the match yesterday. I would imagine that you were like everybody else and just saying that this has to be, we have to take a win here, right? We have to take three points. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing. These, these next two matches, the next kind of run of fixtures here is the the cliched six pointers and, you know, take the box off uh, Watford here. And it was, I think the biggest thing was seeing how we responded from, from the Arsenal match, how we, whether it was carryover or whatever, I think it was, that was, that was probably the biggest, Point that I wanted to see going in, and I, I think I said somewhere along the line, especially after Watford had scored, that um, you know, you know, if we came in expecting us to play exactly as we did against Arsenal, you know, you'd be you'd be sorely disappointed because um, obviously we play we play completely different against top six versus everyone else, and um, it was you know, I think that was the biggest interesting or the most interesting point going in for me was um, how we were actually going to use that confidence if there was any. Because um, I mean, granted, we still blew two leads against Arsenal. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I was saying last week, I was ha- I was not happy, but I was okay with the fact that we blew the lead going for the win. You know, we didn't just try to sit back and soak up pressure because I think we're much better going forward, much better kind of pressing from the front. And we, I think, if we look at the lineup from yesterday. That's kind of what we we try to do again. But the, we're so inconsistent that it's hard to it's hard to say and, and know that we're going to come into a game and and be ready for it and really and really take it to the other team. Um, but you know, it's, it's one of those things I think, I guess that's just where we're at as a, as a club and as a team and it, it, it won't turn around probably soon. It's going to take, um, I don't know if it's a, if it's several months more with the manager or several more transfer windows or whatever it is, but we're just, uh, lacking in some areas, but, um, let's, let's look at the lineup. I mean, largely, I think unchanged from what we had seen against Arsenal, um, except for uh, Armstrong comes out. Uh, and I think that means Janepo starts. Um, I could be wrong there, but I'm pretty sure that's, that's what, that's what the change was. But um, I mean, for you, anybody in there that, that looking at the lineup to start that you would have wanted to, to see changed around or maybe a different formation or anything like that? Or was, are you pretty happy with, with how the team was, was laid out? I mean, I thought it was quite a surprise when Obafemi was actually in the, the squad for Arsenal. Um, and then how he obviously retained his, his spot, which was was the biggest surprise, I think, um, just based on the fact that he's coming back into the team from from injury. He's been out so much this year, and, and pretty much throughout his first team career, he just seems to to get injured quite often, uh, unluckily, um, with hamstrings and quads and the sort. So you never know what the timetable recovery is for him on that. But looking at him, uh, he was probably the biggest surprise. But I I don't know if you bring in Buffal for him. Um, that would be the only, I guess, not knock. I'm not even calling it a knock. That would be the only, you know, change that you maybe would make. But I think people seem to think that Buffal is better off the bench. 
uh, as that kind of impact sub, which we obviously saw in the second half. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the only thing I would say for, for Obafemi is some of the comments that Ralph has made about him in the past, about uh, um, his body and, and needing to kind of grow up and mature a little bit. And then he made similar comments this week. And I guess the way I read that was that that's a knock against Obafemi. Like he's still not quite there. Um, sometimes I, I follow him on, on Instagram and you see the pictures. It's like, hey, man, like maybe maybe tone it down, you know, maybe, maybe post date the picture, say, Hey, this was, you know, several weeks ago or whatever. Like, it, you know, like you don't have to be out, you know, but that said, he's a young, he's a young man with a lot of money and and he, you know, they have lives, they can go out, but I, I would just worry about that uh, with him a little bit. So uh, then I see him in the lineup and I was, I was a little bit shocked by that, especially because I didn't think he played that well against Arsenal um, for, for the most part. And I think large parts of yesterday, he kind of went Went missing, but you start looking around the team, you look around the front line and, and things like that. And some of those players are so young and, um, Geneva just seems like a wild card out on the right. Like you're not sure what he's going to do. You're not sure where he's going to show up or be. Um, and you could see there were a couple of times, I think yesterday where Cedric was quite frustrated with him and about the, the runs he was making and the options he was giving for, for Cedric to be able to play the ball to him. So, um, you know, it, oh, well, like that's just how it goes when you got a guy like that, but he's, uh, you know, so creative and, and actually like, you know, driving at people that I'm not going to, I'm not going to fault him too much. So, um, I would say my only thing would be either Obafemi or, or perhaps Cedric. Like I didn't think Cedric was great, um, last week and, and he didn't start the game great this time. And eventually, uh, we'll, we'll get to the substitutions later if it gets hauled off for, for Valerie, which was awkward given we needed a goal and we brought on a right back, but, um, I mean, I think the first thing that happened in the game straight from kickoff was that uh, Cedric kind of gave the ball away with a with a really poor pass in the middle of defense, and uh, Watford really should have been up one nothing from from the get go. Yeah, absolutely. That was it was actually an unsettling start, uh, and, and I think really set the tone for the first half. Um, I mean, if you look at that forty five minutes um, on the whole, I mean, we had what the one chance towards the end of the half, um, but for the most part, I mean, we were on the back foot. Um, despite having all the possession. I think what they said was at halftime we were we had seventy percent of the possession, something crazy like that. And it's and if you actually watch the first half, I mean it's like we did absolutely nothing in that first half, which but I think like you said, that that just totally set the tone for what was gonna happen. Yeah. And I thought that, you know, directly after that maybe we settled down a little bit and had a decent kind of opening ten minutes despite that little little hiccup. But then after that we just kind of fell apart and it quickly turned into the, the, the forward movement wasn't quite there. Uh, we weren't making any kind of, you know, we weren't making any runs. We weren't doing anything. They, we, we just had the ball and that, that doesn't count for anything. We all, we all know that. And, you know, I think the fans very quickly started to kind of get on the team a little bit, started to boo the team a little bit as they went and passed the ball backwards. And, um, and I, I am always going to worry about us only having, um, you know, in that four two 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 system, or the four four two, or the four three three, whatever it is, like uh, when you just have James Ward-Prowse and Hoiberg in the middle, like those guys are. I, I think I think James Ward-Prowse tends to struggle a little bit, um, but I also think that there are people ahead of him that need to to provide the movement and make the runs that and give him options. And when he doesn't have it, uh, we are probably going to cycle the ball back and and try to keep, hold possession through. But um, I don't know. I, I I thought the the physicality from the team was good early on. After that. Um, you know, nothing. We kind of just sat there and did nothing, and, and I think people, you know, right were right to to boo the team going into halftime at at down down a goal, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we probably should have been. I, I think we've literally stolen 
and sometimes you need to be lucky um, and to, you know in a, rele- in a relegation battle sometimes you need to be lucky and I think that we were we were very fortunate to be down just one nil at half and because um, they easily could have been like you say you know goal in the first what's that first five ten minutes mm-hmm. and then you know obviously they, they get that goal that they need you know just after the 20 the 20th minute mark um, and easily Sar could have scored a scored again um, and we could have been down two three nil at halftime and it's a completely different conversation that we're having right now um, but it's I thought for what we did in the first half I, I thought we got away um, with a result and sometimes you need to be lucky um, which we were yeah yeah um, and I think you know between the 10th and the 20th minute I think Watford settled in a little bit they were they were now used to us to our press and they had and we had just basically, it looked like we had run out of ideas already and that's not ever what you want to kind of feel. Um, and then I was just thinking of, uh, at one point they had a set piece and I think Benarak was called for a foul and I'm looking at, at, you know, who's marking who. And then I'm just looking over at, at Genevo and Cedric and going, that is the, like the weakest back post defense you could ever hope to have. Um, neither one of those guys, I don't think are going to win anything in the air. And it just kind of, it, it provided me with a little bit of worry. Um, but, uh, and they went close from that. They, they had a chance and, and fortunate for us, it didn't, didn't happen. But the, the goal that, that, that we conceded, uh, it comes out of, out of absolutely nothing. It, it's very clear that, that they have us for pace, you know, if it, it against Bednarak or Stevens and the throw in, and I don't know if it's Stevens who gets a, a foot to it and just hooks it backwards towards, you know, towards our own goal or, if, or if it's the Watford player, but um, you know, he's running through and it's a good finish from him. Like credit to, to, I think it was, who was it? Was it Saar? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Credit to Saar for, for putting that uh, away. It was, it was a, a great finish from him, but, um, just, just unnecessary and, and poor positioning, I think from us and a, and a poor decision to challenge for that ball initially. And, and, and then that means you're running behind him and either if you bring him down, you're, you're getting a red and you're getting sent off. Um, or, you know, you just have to hope that he misses the target, but that was a, a good finish from them. And, and at that point, like it was, it was, it was deflating because we had, we'd been good for, for 10 minutes or so. Watford was kind of come back into it. And then you just look at like, now we do, we just know that Watford's going to sit even deeper and we don't look like a team that can actually break people down, but we do look vulnerable um, on the counterattack. So it kind of was setting up for Watford to kind of have the better run of, of play from there on out, I thought. Yeah, I think when we go down, um, especially from a goal like that, I mean, that, that's one of those things. So like, I guess going back to Arsenal, um, you know, it just it feels like there's this air amongst everyone in the, in the team that's just, you know, what do we have to do to actually win a game? Um, and, and giving up a goal like that, it's just like, you know, here's another way it's gone wrong where it's just, you know, we've looked all right enough to, to still be in it, but then we've just given away, you know, just such a cheap goal. Um, and, and it's... At that point, I mean, heads could have dropped easily. And I mean, I think that's, it was interesting to see how we sort of responded and not fully responded. Because I mean, like I said, we could have been down two or three nil at half after that. Um, and, and I think Ralph really laid into him at halftime, which is what I'm hoping he did. Yeah. And, and you just wonder, like, why does it take that for the guys to actually show up, you know, and, and be be around a, a and, and, and aware of the of the situation? Like, you know, it's not hard to look at the table and realize like, Hey, these are two really big games and not, 
I guess the, I, I would understand if they came out and they were nervous and tentative and didn't want to make a mistake, but it didn't really look like that's what we're doing. Maybe aside from the Cedric kind of poor pass who, you know, as a guy who has won a European championship and wants to go to a big club, like you can't do that. You have to be better than that because you're playing big games kind of, you know, every week. But um, I don't know. Uh, going forward from that, though, uh, I was, a couple of times it was a little bit uh, frustrated with Janapo. I just felt like he could have gotten rid of the ball several times and it was just holding on to it for too long, trying to create. Um, and then I kind of just told myself, like, maybe I should just get off his back and let him try because he's trying to do stuff. And that's what we need. We need we need a, a, a we need a chance to be created. And it's not going to come from us, you know, kind of holding the ball you know, near the halfway line and hoping that, you know, Wofford just says here, walk it in. So uh, a little frustrated with him, but oh, well. Um, but I would say that the the interchange, the play between our forwards and and the ball movement, it wasn't fluid. It wasn't smooth. It was pretty sloppy and choppy. And, and it was a lot of um, almost losing possession and then kind of like having to lunge in and, and just just retain possession and then try again. And it we didn't look like a, like a team that had, that's that's comfortable playing like that. And I, I guess that, that speaks to what we are good at, which is winning the ball high up the pitch and having a shot relatively quickly. Um, but at the same time, you got to kind of be able to do the other things too. You have to be able to pass the ball and you have to be able to create um, uh, space and, and, and with your movement. Um, and and you got to be able to do that when guys are, are, are sitting deep against you because we're going to come into situations like that, especially probably uh, you know against some of these other teams that we should you know theoretically be beating. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I also think that we we don't play like a team that's desperate. We play like a team that's really unsure. I think that's more of the word. Because a lot of times, like you're going to see, if, if you're in this relegation battle, you know, you're seeing a team that's pretty desperate to, you know, to, to find a result. Um, I think we saw that against Arsenal. You know, we were committed to getting something. But then we come out of those games and we're playing against teams that, you know, we need to compete against. Um, not just, you know, hope that we get something from it you know, teams that we need to compete against, but we don't look to have that, that desperation in us um, to understand the actual magnitude of, you know, we just kind of turn up and, and we try and do, it's like we revert back to, to some of the tendencies where, you know, I mean, thankfully we've, we've abandoned this whole uh, three at the back. Um, and like you say, with the, with the lineup, we're looking more, um, at, well, we're looking at going forward more than we used to. Um, as opposed to letting the game come to us, you know, we're actually trying to to impact the game. But I think it's it's taken a bit of a change um, in the mindset, and that's not yet come fully. But I just there's times, especially in that first half, where we just didn't look like a team that was that was desperate to want to get anything out of it. Um, I think that was that was the biggest worry, and I think that was the biggest change after halftime um, was we looked like a team that was was desperate to, to to fight for our lives finally. Yeah. And you know, I don't know what I was going to say, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's like, like I keep going back to it, but I mean, that was such a, I think it was quite a pivotal sort of a moment in our season um, to at least, you know, not take something from it, but at least show, because we need to start showing some desperation against everyone, not just, you know, the big clubs. And it seems that hopefully now we're going to carry that over. Cause I mean, finally that, that second 45, it was just a complete U-turn from what the first 45 was. And I, I think it, 
like I posted a gif. It's like, you know, hopefully Ralph goes in and punches a wall and gets this team going. Yeah. Because it's, and it's, it's one of those things that I'm like, I'm around basketball enough. Our, our coaches, you know, I mean, it's, I'm around a lot of different coaching styles. Um, and then, you know, some work, some don't, things like this, things like that. But, you know, sometimes it takes going into halftime and just, you know, tearing the guys a new one um, to, to get them to actually wake up and do something. And it's kind of like in basketball when you take a timeout because, you know, you're not getting a rebound or you're making too many turnovers and you have to come into the timeout and literally it could be dead silent in the gym, but you, you know, you have to take, you have to take a go at someone just to, just to get them going. And I think that's, that was the halftime. That's what I'm hoping that the halftime looked like was he just went in there and was an absolute, you know, I don't know the words. I don't want to, I need to find a word that's, that's PG rated. Um, yeah. Well, I, I think we all kind of get it, you know? Um, so we'll just save it. Cause I don't know what the word would be either. The, the PG version. Um, but yeah, I think that if Rob doesn't go in there and do that and doesn't just, sometimes you just have to call a player out and, sh- and say like, you need to do this. You are doing this. We need you to be better right here. And, and you, and it's almost like that scene from the office, the American office. And I'm sorry to bring that up because I know that's a huge cultural divide, but like, you know, like boom, roasted, boom, roasted, you know, you need to do this boom. Ro- like, like that needs to happen sometimes. And it sucks, um, to, to have to do that. Um, cause I don't, I mean, I've coached high school sports and, and kids that are, you know, 17, 18, getting ready to go play at university here. And it's like, you know, sometimes they still have to be not brought down or crushed, but they have to be kind of shown like, you know, you, you are good, but you're not, you're not giving the effort here. Like Obafemi, you need to stay on side. Um, you know, we have to track the runners when they're, they're coming across. We have to communicate with one another. We can't just rely on McCarthy to come up with big saves because he had a couple of, of times where he, he had to come up with those saves that, that maybe it wasn't even his fault. Like he shouldn't even be having to face shots in that, in that situation. It's just the fact that the defense isn't getting the job done and we're, we're giving the ball away in a dangerous area. And now we're leading to McCarthy having to save us, which is not at all, you know, what we want to, to rely on because it's just not fair to let the goalkeeper go up against guys one-on-one and, and expect him to come up with saves, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. My, uh, Alex McCarthy yesterday was, was unbelievable. I mean, he's, he's the reason we had a chance in the second half. Um, and I mean, it be full credit to him for, for stepping up. Cause I mean, he's, he's been one that's, that's gotten some blame in the past, um, which is hence why Angus Gunn got that run of, run of games. Um, but it's absolutely full credit to him. He's, he's why we had a, a chance in the second half. Um, and sometimes you have to make big saves, uh, to, to, to give your team that, that opportunity. Yep. Yep. Um, I would say the only other kind of, moment worth talking about in the first half, I think was, uh, there was a point where Bertrand made a run. Redmond played an absolutely great ball to him. Um, I think the, the cross is blocked or taken away from him. Uh, and then he gets back and kind of, um, I guess, I guess I think just blocks the clearance and just, that's just, it's, you know, it, it's great effort from that, from him, uh, there. Um, and, and I think that's what we needed and, and it wasn't enough to, to swing the, the St. Mary's fans at halftime and keep them from kind of being upset, which I don't think it should have. Um, I don't think the, I don't think that, that we were good enough in the first half. And I think that the, the fans that were there, um, have the right to be frustrated. That said, I don't, I'm not sure the booing helps the players do anything. I think Carl Anker, um, 
tweeted about it yesterday, and there were several other people after the game that were that were tweeting that the, the guys are having a hard time like, concentrating. They don't look comfortable at home, and that's you know we want them to be comfortable, but I also understand the frustration the fans are are, are facing. So it's it's a it's a kind of tough situation. And, and when Ralph came out and said, you know that, that the team has to lift the fan base. It's the team's job. It's not the fan base's job at this point. The, the fans have done everything they can. It's now um, the the team to do this. But um, I mean, I mean, and that's, that's, a, that's a great point to make. Absolutely. I mean, from from Ralph's perspective, um, because the fans have done. I mean, at this point, he he understands if if they. I mean, if you saw the graphic that they posted up, and it was like his first eighteen games versus his last eighteen games. Um, I mean, that graphic was quite telling. But I mean, that's. I think that graphic explains exactly why the fans are booing um, throughout the match, and it's it's one of those. It's now down to to the team, like like he said to. To lift the fans as opposed to the fans within the team um and that's that's a great point from him yeah sometimes uh, and i i think they they showed it in the 43rd minute and i think uh, i grabbed it from your tweet just to to bring it up here um he's he's ralph's been in charge for 36 uh, premier league matches um his first 18 matches were eight wins and a plus one goal difference his last 18 matches were two wins and a negative 23 goal difference like the fans have been there uh, the team is is failing, right? Uh, to to really make this happen, and when they put that up, it was one uh, nil to Watford. Still going into halftime, and the fans were were upset. Um, I, I just think the positives that I I, I looked at in the first half was uh, the ten minutes at the start. I thought was okay. Cedric's pass aside, uh, and, and then McCarthy. And I usually try to come up with three. I didn't come up with three. Um, the the negatives I thought were I thought Ward Prowse was was particularly awful in the first half. I thought Cedric was not great. I thought the movement was bad, and then I just put literally everything else um, because I just I don't I I was having trouble finding um, the the real positives there. And then I mean, and then we talked about the possession and stuff early, uh, earlier, but um, you know, seventy percent possession. Um, we only managed one more shot than Watford, and they had more shots on target. Um, when we go in that, we go in down, um, and and it's just not it's just not good enough. It's just one of those those halves of football that, that we can't play like that. Um, at home and we can't play like that and expect to win games. And somehow yesterday we did that. Uh, we did both of those things. We played that badly at home and managed to win the game uh, in the end, even if it wasn't, uh, even if it wasn't the, the best uh, of performances. It always seems that whenever James Ward Prowse ends up in the negatives, that he somehow finds a way to end up in the positive. Mm-hmm. Like, cause he was getting, he's been getting slated and I, I tried to go back and find what I said about him in previous, like when I was on with uh, Jake the other week, um, to figure out what I said so I don't sound so hypocritical. And um, saying that, you know, because I, I can't remember if I've slayed him or, or, or not. And I, I probably have and probably haven't. And, I think we probably did both. Like, it sounds. Yeah, probably, probably sounds like we've done both, like, which, which is totally fine. Um, but it, it always seems that if he's in the negative, in the first 45, for some reason, he always finds a way to end up in the positive. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he, he's our, he's our son again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, I mean, if you look at the, the midfield options we have, really, we have, we have three options. And right now it looks like two of them are going to play and Romeo, the least creative is going to be the one that misses, that misses out. You kind of understand that because we're better. We need to, to find stuff going forward. We need to have, um, the creativity going forward. And, and even if you don't think Ward Prowse offers a lot of that, he definitely offers more of that than Romeo. Um, and if, if anybody else is out there taking free kicks, it's probably Bertrand, maybe Cedric. Um, and I think that's a big drop off. 
Uh, you know, maybe Redmond can hit one as well. Um, but I don't think that's a great, uh, it's a pretty big drop in terms of quality from, from set pieces and things like that. Um, but we've said it a, a thousand times that that's just not good enough. That's not a reason enough to have um, a player on the pitch is just because they can take set pieces. That's, that's not, that's not acceptable. Um, so it is a little bit, uh, a little bit baffling that, that he's there, but I think when you look at the options that, that are around that, that's just going to be kind of, kind of what it is. But, um, I mean, I mean, going in the second half, obviously we talked a little bit, it seems like Ralph kind of gave them a dressing down in the, in the locker room and then they came out and looked, um, a little better. Um, Redmond had a, had a good chance, uh, this cross gets blocked. Um, we had a couple other kind of like getting to the byline and, and, and trying to pull the ball back. They were intercepted, but um, it looked it looked all right. Uh, my next note here has an expletive in it, so I'll have to like rephrase it. But it looked, I just said Warren Prowse having a nightmare. Like he, we need him to be better if we're going to if we're going to do better. Like we need we need something more when there's only two people in midfield to be able to do that. Um, and that's when uh, that's when I grabbed Carl's tweet about. Uh, he says, you understand the frustration of the home fans of St. Mary's, but Southampton players of zero confidence and the constant boos don't help. Uh, the last five minutes, Redmond has had a throw and go past him when he's not looking. Uh, Hoiberg has slipped. They can't even concentrate or they can't concentrate. So, um, I mean, you understand all of that. Uh, and and we, I think, in the second half, got a lot better from the beginning. Um, but it, or, or, I mean, maybe, maybe that's wrong. Maybe we got better slowly. Um, but we, you know, obviously needed to do, to do something, but there's a, there, I'm missing a large gap of, of things in here that I, I didn't really write down stuff cause I was mostly yelling at the TV. Um, but w- was there any major difference that you noticed in the second half or was it, was there anything that you thought like, Oh, that there's a, there's a, I guess a visible difference between how the team is, is either coming at Watford or, or what they're, what they're going on. Or was it just kind of, it became clearer to the guys as the game going on that like this is this is the time we have to do it and and if we don't do it now then our season is basically you know potentially down the drain even though I'm that's it's very early it was only November but still yeah I think uh, like I think it's the latter of that one I think they finally became more committed to the idea that because um, if if we lost there you know we're we're what five points and then if Everton whatever picks up somehow three I mean that's eight points away. And, and eight points in that current form just was, I, I mean, it's, it's not insurmountable, but it, I mean, it'd be a great escape. Um, and yes, it's only December 1st, but I think the guys looked far more committed to coming out of halftime than they did in the first half. And like I, I'll just go back to what I said before saying, you know, we have to look like a team. That's all I ask for. I think, I, I don't think I would, I think fans have the right to boo, um, like like Ralph has said. Uh, you know, it's now time for the team to give the fans the performance that warrants something other than that. And I think he understands that they've not been. Um, and I think that's a bit of a, I think a, I think the word would be contentious statement, um, just for the fact that that means that he's directly criticizing the players. Mm-hmm. You know, saying that you know, we're not doing what we need to do on the pitch. Um, and then I think in the second half, we just, we looked far more desperate than we did in the first. And just, I'll keep saying that because that's all I'm asking for. If we look like we're actually giving it a go, that's, that's what we need. I think, um, and I think I'm jumping ahead, but going to the substitutions, it was oddly weird to actually see Shane Long come on and maybe like, you know, maybe that's. Maybe that's the right answer. 
Maybe, yeah, but in a weird way, not that he's going to score, but it's just he's someone that chases a lost cause, and I think that <laughs> sometimes you need that when someone to, to come on, and that's just actually going to just work for work's sake um, because he's going to chase down a ball that no one else is going to, that maybe someone else is just going to give up on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe that leads to a chance. Maybe that leads to, you know, a corner that leads to the eventual goal and things like that, and it's just... Sometimes you just need to pick out just someone that's willing to work, regardless of you know their past form, how people feel about them. Um, and it's one of those. I mean, he came on. I mean, I'm jumping ahead again, but I mean, sometimes that's the type of player you need. You just need someone that's going to come in and actually work. Um, and, and I think that's that's kind of what he delivered because that's the, the player he is. Unfortunately. <laughs> well, I think later on in in the match, as we got closer and closer to to full time, it was. Janapo uh, seemed to take some responsibility and it's it's nice to see such a young player um just kind of sit, just feed me the ball and let me run at the defense let me try to create some stuff and uh we're going to come to the spot where we have to talk about handballs and things like that and here but I mean he created that opportunity he didn't give up um he is the absolute lankiest person I've ever seen um <laughs> and he's so young and the haircut is um, well, it looks like an Eminem. Yeah, he looks like Eminem from from the from the Marshall Mathers. Oh days. yes, yes. Um, not, was, not, not, the, not the yellow Eminem. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh. um, <laughs> you, you know, he he created that chance. He gets the ball in. I I thought he was going to get called for a foul because it seemed like he went in two footed to kind of flick that ball over to Danny Ings, but um, Ings gets the goal. And I think from that point on, it I I was just. I, I don't know. I was, I was, I was feeling like we, we had a, a significant chance to, to kind of go and do this. And, um, I was, you know, that was the second kind of chance we had had in, in quick kind of succession. Um, long had, um, the second best chance of the game for us, um, directly in front of goal and managed to get it blocked. We just couldn't get it over the line. And that was a little bit kind of frustrating, but once we got that goal, it felt like there were more goals to go get. And I mean, all, all I could do was hope that we were going to to, to be able to do that. Um, I didn't think that it was going to come from from that free kick, even though you know we're all hoping, of course, like once he lines it up, that it's it's going to happen. But um, I, I guess we should we should pause before we go any further and just quickly discuss the the handball. Like, I mean, we all remember a couple of seasons ago, uh, Decore uh, palming that ball or punching that ball into the net. Um, we remember last season when uh, I think it was after the Watford game that, that Charlie Austin had the, the big VAR rant, um, I think because Yoshida was called offside even you know for interfering with play or whatever it was. But um, is this, I mean, I think I'll, I'll say it's, it's by the letter of the law, the new law, any, any handball in the buildup to a goal means it's a handball and it has to be called off. Um, but VAR didn't overturn it. It let it go. Um, they admitted afterwards even that they made a mistake. Um, but do you at all feel, you feel guilty about that? You feel like we, we, it's, it's unjustified or you feel like we, we earned that anyway? Um, going back, I think it initially I thought, like, cause when the goal happened, I initially thought it was a handball, um, just in the way that it developed, like in real time. It was like, I didn't even think about it. I just, I saw it happen and I was like, I was like, that's a handball. And then it was in and I was like. I just sat here, like just too too elated by the goal yeah. to like even think about tweeting anything or anything saying was there a handball in the build or saying not was it because I mean, that was a definite 
handle. But I, it was one of those that there's no guilt. I, 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 have, <laughs> I can say with a clean conscience that uh, there is no guilt felt. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, given, given the way that, that things happen and people were, uh, some people were complaining online that, you know, this could, that could be the goal that relegates Watford. And it's like, well, you were, you were already bottom of the table. There's a lot of, there's a lot of football left to be played. And like, yeah, if you go down by a point, maybe that's the goal that you can, you can point to and say, that's where we lost two points and, and that's it. But at the same time, like, you know, it, it, things happen and, there are eventually probably going to be calls that go against us with VAR. We just have been on the, on the positive side of it. And I don't know, man, like I, I don't feel guilty about it. I'm, I just want to be aware that, you know, sometimes things, good things do happen and we had to take advantage of it. Once you get that goal, then, yeah. then it's your, it's your responsibility to then go out and make sure that you take full advantage of it. And we did, uh, to be fair, because eventually we get, um, that free kick from, from more Prowse that, uh, you know, goes in and it was just one of those things where when that happened, it, it was, uh, I don't know. It was, it was a pretty, it was a pretty good feeling. Um, and I, I, you know, at that point I kind of stopped taking notes because I'm not sure what the heck is happening. Um, you know, or what I'm supposed to type, but, uh, it was just like, can we survive now the next couple of minutes? Um, can we, you know, I, I guess when he scores, it's the 82nd minute. So there's eight minutes plus stoppage time. And then I think they wound up with six minutes and I had no idea where that, where that came from other than um, maybe a couple of guys going down. It looked like, I think at one point uh, we had a Watford player get smacked in the face with a free kick and he just went down uh, very quickly um, and just kind of lay there. So maybe that's where some of that came from, but um, I don't know, man, I'm, I always question our ability to hang on to a lead, but we, we did it. And uh, like I said, going back to, to Genepo's, um, I mean, sometimes it's better to be uh, lucky than good. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the cliche phrase that we'll throw out there. And um, we, were, we were very lucky because I mean, they didn't even go back and look at it, did they? Like there was no call no. to VAR or anything. So it was like we, we cold-blooded murder right there we got away with and uh, felt good. Yeah, well, they, really I mean, they look at every they look at everything. But I didn't pick up on the handball for... Uh, it took me a couple of replays to see it at all. Oh, I saw, I saw it right away. I was like, because it just, the way that the ball, when he cuts in, like it just, the way that the ball comes back into his path, I was like, you're just sitting there going, there's no way, like, because it just, it seemed physically, like it looked like a, looked like a FIFA play, you know, just a glitch. But I was like, I was like, wait a minute. I was like, that had to be. And then they showed the second, then they showed the angle at the bottom you know, looking back into the pitch and it was like, oh yeah. I mean, it was clear as day. Yeah. So, I mean, it's one of those you're just not even thinking about. And then moving ahead to, to Ward Prowse, it's one of those, it's like he's going to get maybe one out of 10 hit right. I mean, that's, that's kind of his, his success rate. It feels yeah. like one out of, one out of 10 or, you know, what's, what do they say in, um, what's, what's he saying? Mighty Ducks, Fulton Reed, what's his success rate? That's, that's, that's Fulton. He is our Fulton Reed for all the ice hockey fans out there. I'm looking at the uh, in that number of podcast guys, um, but but yeah, it, it was one of those. I mean, I just, he finally got one at, at probably the most crucial time of our in our season. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, the the XG on that shot is is point zero eight. So it's it's not it's not even the best chance that that Ward Prowse had in this game, um, but he made it count and. 
you know, uh, Foster does get a hand to it. You kind of would have expected him to to save it and then time waste, but um, he did neither. And so we'll 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 take that. Um, should we should we talk a little bit about the the substitutions? Just because we kind of skipped over them a little bit, um, and we we talked about Long a little bit coming off for Obafemi. I was really upset when the first name that went up was Redmond, not because he had had such a great game, but because I wanted Obafemi to come off, uh, and then Obafemi came off immediately. Uh, and this, at the same time, so I guess that was all right. But um, bringing Redmond off when he's having not not the greatest of games, not finding success for Buffal, Buffal has been great. Um, there was that that instance where he, uh, I think, nutmegged the guy. Uh, uh, sorry, he he kind of did a little flick around uh, behind him and then nutmegged him, um, and just you know, kind of looking at that, going like, I can't believe. I can't believe you did that to the to the man on on television here. This is on this has been televised internationally, and you just kind of ruined the man. The man, I feel I feel really really guilty. But um, you know, do you have any 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 issue with with Redmond being the one to come off, or is there somebody else you would have taken off instead? Yeah, I mean, I think this. I think that uh, as far as Ralph goes, I mean, Ralph has been criticized in the past for some of his substitutions, some of his changes. Um, but I think it was a, it was a really bold move to take Redmond off. Um, because he's one of those guys that I think people are looking for to to be committed to helping us get out of a relegation battle. I think people are relying on um, his performance. Uh, so I thought it was a really bold move. And I think that double change really sort of swayed, swayed the match. Because um, Long comes on, he hits the crossbar um, after connecting with... Because Bufau just has that cut back and... It just comes to Long's left foot as opposed to his right, so he just can't he can't swing across it. He's just kind of you know kind of scuff it. I mean that's and then Long has a can't get it over the line. Um, you know it's cleared off the line, isn't it? So I think you know people have criticized Ralph in the past for some of his changes, leaving it too late. Um, he does it before the hour mark, which is you know that's that's fairly early for him because um, I mean you're expecting that change probably around. You know, 65, 70 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, I mean, that was a bold change to take Redmond off. Um, and it was a really bold change to put Long on for, for Obafemi. Um, but like I said, in, you know, a little while ago, that it's, you know, at that point we're, we're in desperation mode. And who's going to be, you know, the guy that's just going to work? And I think Long's that name. I mean, because, I mean, Obafemi will work, but no one's going to chase a lost cause like, like Long. And, and the two of them nearly, Really connected for for that goal, and I, I think those two changes in particular, I think, swayed the result yeah. um, in our favor. I mean, you can look at a whole bunch. Of, I mean, it's not one play, it's not one sort of thing that changes the game, but I think that that really kind of helped us capitalize on some of the momentum that we had built up, you know, leading up to, to that hour mark, um, and and then too. Uh, just kind of, kind of pushed us over the line. I think. I think some people will be questioning that um, only because we have Che Adams on the bench who hasn't hasn't scored yet, but also has been kind of absent and and been off the team sheet uh, completely a couple of times, and and then he doesn't get off the bench here. And when you look, you know, you're down, you need a goal, you're at home, and you don't go to the guy you just paid big money for. Um, people will start to wonder there, but um, I can't I can't argue with what Long did yesterday, other than like. He had, you know, the the biggest chance, kind of, of uh, other than other than Ings, and and couldn't get it over the line, which is is typical Shane Long, but um, did all of the other things 
that uh, we would have needed and really did, I think did help um, give give Watford something to think about. And I just think that that Shane Long is is a, a kind of veteran. And sometimes you look at, at Ings and the way he has to play with Obafemi and you're, it, it kind of looks like oh, Ings has to almost coach Obafemi along and, and, and tell him where to be and that he's not, sometimes when Ings gets the ball, Obafemi isn't where kind of Ings would expect him to be. And I think that's, that, that stunts us going forward sometimes, especially when we're uh, approaching a, a team that is going to sit deep and, and do those things and where you need, um, you know, you, where you, where you need a, a player to kind of know his own, uh, kind of know where, where to, where to be and where to put himself to, to, uh, help the team out. And sometimes he doesn't, he just doesn't quite do that. So, um, I think you bring long in, he's not the best kind of player in between the lines and things like that, but he is smart. He is kind of a, a veteran and has picked up some things over the years. And so for him to do that, um, and beyond, I, I guess that that's fine. Um, and, and then you have the last change where you go Valerie for Cedric. Um, Cedric, I, I thought was not playing well, um, but it was a little bit odd to see that just a right back for right back substitution. But right as, as soon as we make those changes, we score two goals and, and then we defend pretty well uh, the rest of the game. Just uh, I think my all my notes say just like get it clear, like let's let's just do it, and and we managed to do it. And I think it was Damari Gray. I think almost almost leveled it up for Watford, but um, finally the whistle blew and, and we got out of there with all three points, which I think we desperately needed. Yeah, I thought I think going back to the sub. Sorry, I think the. The one that was interesting for me from a Watford standpoint was Daily Feu coming off. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Gray had a chance, you know, and at a time. But I mean, that's something that you can't really see, obviously, when when you make the change. Um, but, but I mean, I thought that was an interesting, just from what I had watched, just you know, kind of the type of player he is and, and what they were doing. I thought they would have left him on, brought Gray on for someone else. Um, but, I mean, I thought that was that was an interesting change from from a from a Watford standpoint, you'd have to talk to someone, you know, far more versed um, in, in Watford lore uh, for that one. But I, I thought that was an interesting change. He seemed to be quite disgruntled being the one coming off. Um, if you go back and look, um, he, he just seemed like, you know, hands up in the air and just, you know, um, I thought that was an interesting change from then um, because they were, it's not like they were pressing us, or, but it, it, it was just, they just lost him off the pitch for, for you know, like for like substitution. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just, you just never know what's going to happen. I thought that was, it was an interesting change from, from our standpoint, looking at them. Um, but, but other than that, yeah, Valeria for Cedric, that, that seems, that was bold as well. I mean, like, like he's, like I said, every change that Ralph made, you know, had, had a bold move to it. Um, and I think that's kind of what fans have been clamoring for. And, and he certainly delivered, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, I, you want to take a, a few minutes to answer some questions here? Yeah, yeah. Can I go to the toilet first? Yes, let's do that. I'm going to pause. I'm going to I'm going to start my wife's coffee and stuff. So we'll be back in just a, a minute. We do have some questions from from listeners. Uh, we, we've taken a bit of a break. We're back, uh, and we'll we'll answer them, or we'll try to answer them now, I guess. Um, where do you want to start? Are you looking at these? Or do you have any ones that you that stand out to you that you want to do, or what do you want to do here? Um, I like the. Let's see which one did I like. I like the one that said, um, 
Should we pin Redmond and Cedric off? Yeah, so that came in from from Stee Unit, who's at, on Twitter at Stee underscore Unit. Um, and, and people can send in questions on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or if you are a member of the uh, Patreon um, group, then you can do that as well, and you get priority family questions answered. Steve is one of those guys. So uh, well, even though he sends his question in via Twitter, that's what it is. So he says, should we bend Redmond and Cedric off for Buffal and Valerie in the next game or keep them as game changers? Um, what would be, I guess, what would be your starting kind of uh, uh, lineup for the match against Norwich, which is going to be um, you know, as important as the Watford match? It's, uh, well, I think it's, it's an interesting question. Um, I think a lot of people have asked for Buffal to be in the starting lineup. Um, but we've seen him, you know, a couple of times in the starting lineup, seen him a couple of times come off the bench. It seems his biggest impact is from the bench. I think he's a player that could or should be a starter. Um, but I don't think he's the, the like Batman. I don't think he's the starter we need, um, at the, at the minute, I think the only big change I think would be, I mean, Valeri, his biggest knock is his defense. Um, Cedric just seems, I don't know if that's a one-off performance that he looks so poor because um, he's, he's been okay. He's not been great, but I think he's been better than Valeri um, when he was injured. Uh, Valeri was a bit, yeah. And I think Cedric's kind of come back and taken his spot. Um I think the, I think that might be the only change I would make. I don't know if Cedric just is not in the right frame of mind or whatever. Um, but I think that could be the only change I would I would make. I think the lineups. I think we go with the same lineup um, at Norwich, but I think Valeri might be the only change, considering that Cedric was yanked um, as as he was. Yeah, uh, I think that that Cedric has been. That that interview he gave over the international break, I think, where he came out and said, you know, he's looking to move away and and whatever. Um, I think that was for a lot of fans who were kind of giving him the benefit of the doubt. That was it. And then his performances since then have been terrible. And so I think people were upset to see him in the lineup at all yesterday. And you know the fact that the Valerie comes in and then we wind up winning and Cedric plays so poorly, almost gives away a goal to to open the game. Like that's. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe this is the time to to make that switch, but we'll have to see. In terms of of Buffal for Redmond, um, I think Redmond still needs to be in the starting lineup, um, and he may not like it as much. But if we're going to stay with the same formation, maybe you have Buffal and Janepo, um, you know, just behind playing just behind Redmond and Ings, um, and and you just have Redmond kind of play up top with uh, with with Ings and and see if he can you know, um, get into the habit of, of finding a, a chance or creating a chance or, or, you know, give him maybe a little bit more freedom and see how that works. Um, especially if we're not going to be using Adams and that way it's, it's more Buffal for Obafemi. Uh, and then Redmond kind of moves up to where Obafemi was playing, but, um, that, that's where I would go. Um, at the same time though, Buffal coming off the bench, ha- you know, does great things and it's not always, um, that that's not always replicated if you start the game, you know, not that he can't do that, but it seems like it's, He's one of those guys that, that does it. And, and you would say, you know, Janepo started the game, didn't look great the whole time, but eventually as the game wore on was, was ultimately the creative force that kind of got us back in the game. And um, you, you'd see him and Buffal, that's a lot of, of, of trickery and, 
and a lot of um, a lot for defenders have to think about if they're they're on either side of the pitch, kind of coming at you, and and you know either one of those guys can put in a cross, and can create a chance kind of out of nothing, and that's what we're kind of lacking. So I, I would take that late on in a game if it means that the ball has to come on late. Fine. If it means that he starts and just stays on, that that's fine too. Like I, I'm I'm up for for any any sort of uh, of that and anything like that. Um, Steve sends in another question. He says, uh, what sort of activity do you think we can expect in January, uh, given our current position? And the truth is, is like, I'm not sure. Um, you could, you could argue for a center back. You could argue for, um, perhaps another midfielder, uh, maybe number 10, um, something, somebody that can really, um, make that four, two, two, two really work. Uh, somebody maybe to play alongside Hoiberg or maybe even replace him. Um, in, in some instances, um, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure what we would expect given kind of where we're at. I think we have to sell guys first, and that's. I think that's ultimately going to be the deciding factor to, to, for anything. Yeah, I think. Well, it's not only selling people, but it's also the fact that we you know, we don't know what Gals do, and we don't know what investment he's going to, you know, what he intends on doing, if any. Um, so I think our activity is reliant on yes selling people and then also what gals do and but if we were to i think i agree um i think that he has found a center back pairing that works just works but i think they could you know i think it needs some help still because i don't think there's i don't think we're going to be relying on jack stevens you know i hope we're not i mean that's that's a big reliance a big expectation that he's going to you know, not do something to, you know, completely mess up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that the only activity that I think, if we show up the defense, because that's been the biggest question, um, especially based off that stat being a minus 23 entering yesterday um, over the last 18, um, that's just, that is worrying. Um, and, and I mean, that's, that's about the only thing you can say. It's, it's either going to be defense. I don't think we're going to add anything to our attack. Maybe midfield. I think our midfield... And our defense are probably our two weakest points. Um, but it's just you know, January, you have to spend money because everything in January is far more expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. And, and absolutely. I think um, Chris, I think Chris, the guy that we always talk about, the one, um, the CHRS double zero, he makes all the WWE references. And he said, like through the midway through the match, he says, look, I'm not saying we should recall Hotz. Lamina and Creo, but I'm genuinely not sure we'd be any worse with them in the side, and they're awful. Yeah, oh, he did say that. I remember. I remember seeing that yesterday. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think maybe that's an option. I think we just need to be able to give Ralph options. I think Ralph doesn't really have many options off the bench. I think I'm not going to say Shea Adams is a lost cause for us this season, but I don't see him coming in and making the impact that we. Really need. I'd love to be wrong about that, you know, because I think he's probably in a, a worse place right now than he was, you know, two or three months ago when he was having a decent preseason. You know, that's preseason, but mm-hmm. you know, I I think at this point, Ralph needs options, and um, as, as far as it goes, putting on long yesterday was a pretty desperate option. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. One about our defense. Um, I mean, what would you do, Caroline Emerson, um, who's at Soft Sally Saint on Twitter, uh, says, "Why is Yoshi not playing? He's an experienced defender and plays successfully for his country. I thought he should have played uh, today. So he thought he should have played on Saturday." Um, 
I mean, would you have him in for, for Stevens or is that, I mean, it's, it's kind of, I think at this point, I think you have, you have Bednarak and then you have everybody else um, in terms of, of the other defenders that are there. Um, I mean, if I'm correct in saying Danzo didn't even make the bench yesterday, is that, is that? Yeah, right? he wasn't even there. I don't, I don't foresee him making the bench anytime soon either. And, and so, I mean, we, we've, we spent money, we've done these things and, and we're still, we still wind up with, with largely the same group of guys. And I think that just speaks to, to what we've done in the transfer window and continuing to miss and, and what Ralph is, is seeing in the guys. And it's not, it's not great. Um, I think Yoshida is the kind of the veteran leadership on the team, you know, and I think he has a role to play and it might not be on the pitch all of the time. It might be there to, to watch the game and, and, and talk to, to the guys and, and kind of coach them along at halftime or whatever. But um, I, I maybe, maybe we won't see him play all that much. And it's, it's kind of weird because I think he, he was playing pretty well. He is playing well for Japan, but that's a completely different kind of, um, it's a different kind of game. It's different than what we're up against here in the premier league. And the, the truth is he's probably aging out a little bit and getting to the point where he's not going to be, um, you know, as, as reliable, uh, uh, when maybe what we want to build our team around. And I think at this point you, you, you pick a couple of center backs and you just stick with them and, uh, and give them the time and let them make mistakes together, but learn and grow together. And, and that'll be it because we need, we, we're going to need a center back pairing for the future because we've tried now to buy Vestergaard. We've tried now to buy Danzo. Um, we, we've brought in these guys and, and going all the way back to Hoot and we just haven't had a, a center back there. That's, that's, that's worth it. And if you're going to pay big money for a center back, um, we we're not going to, and that's just kind of, I guess the way it goes. So, um, I do, I do miss kind of seeing Yoshida out there. I like Yoshida. I think he's a great, um, part of the club, but I'm, I'm not sure he's going to come in and, and, and be there for Stevens, even though Stevens, I, I felt didn't make a mistake for that goal, but, um, you know, yeah, I'm kind of in the same, I'm kind of in the same boat, but I also think that, you know, what do you change as we talk about Yoshida and his experience, you know, his ability to, you know, be that sort of veteran leadership. He's quite good as well as, you know, kind of being like you know, a strong part of the club, um, similar to like, um, Hoiberg, you know, they're, they're very, you know, kind of character guys in, in a way, like they'll trot them out versus anyone else. Um, you know, after a loss, things like that. Um, but like, what are you going to get from Yoshida that you aren't getting, you know, from Stevens, you know, they're both fairly mistake prone. Um, they'll switch off and they'll be, you know, fought for a goal or yeah, fought for a chance. So, I mean, um, and like you said, I think he's sort of starting to age out just a tiny bit. Um, I think, you know, I think Ralph is trying to find a pairing that he can use week in and week out or, you know, match in, match out, I guess, um, since we're getting to the two matches per week here in the busy season. Um, so I think it's, I think he's trying to find and stick with a pairing that he can expect, you know, at least, at least know where he's going to get from. Uh, and, and I think Stevens and, and Bednarik are at least showing that they can, you know, go out there and, and be okay. And I think that's at this point, that's what we're having to hope for. We're not going to get a Van Dyke type performance from either of them, but you know, that's the level we're at is the level we're at. And I think he's not going to make a change um, off the back of a win um, short week. Yes. But I don't think there's going to be a huge change in that pairing and the foreseeable, unfortunately for, for Yoshida. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think we'll see largely the same backline, maybe bar Valerie for Cedric. Maybe that maybe that happens, but 
can't imagine a lot changing back there. And maybe you do see a change in midfield just because of the work rate that Ralph expects and, and one of those guys will get some, a break, but uh, I can't imagine a lot of it. Um, and maybe out wide, maybe you can see Buffal start for Janepo and then uh, potentially uh, Janepo come on as a sub instead. Like maybe just see that switch over, but we'll we'll see. So we did have some questions come in late on Instagram uh, from Al Capone156. Um, and he asked about Redmond and Buffal, which we talked about and before I saw his question. Um, and then he has one here. He says, is it just the pressure and atmosphere at St. Mary's that's causing us to look so lifeless and uninspired after playing so intensely at Arsenal, uh, the first half was Everton all over again, so content to pass backwards um, instinctively. We talked about it a little bit, but I mean, do are, are we going to go with the kind of narrative that it is it is the team's job to figure out a way through it, or uh, do you do you because that seems to be what Ralph has kind of said is they have to they have to prove it to the fans. You know, the fans have come out and sat through the cold and and seen some pretty awful football. Uh, against teams that that you would expect to be doing better than that against, um, and then you know they, maybe they got a little bit back yesterday, but that's still that's it's 22 minutes of, of football that was worth watching, I think, uh, for the most part from Saints at home. So, um, you know, I, as if somebody who's who sees that, or, or is it is it the fans' job to get off their back, or or do we still think that it's kind of Ralph's job to and the players' job to kind of win the fans back over? Oh yeah, massively. It's it's the players' job. We're not the ones down on the pitch doing doing the playing. I mean, I think I think you know the crowd has a has a tremendous impact. It has a good place in the game. I mean, without the crowd, you know, it's a completely different beast. Um, Premier League can't be what it is. Um, but but I think it's it's down to the players to to show that desperation that you know they're willing to put in. Um, and that doesn't come from from the fans giving them support. It doesn't come from, you know, this or that. It comes, it starts with them. I mean, it's, it's up to them to make that change. It's up to them to commit to, to, to doing what Ralph wants, whether it's, you know, pressing, whether it's defending, you know, just a singular thing down the left, down the right, um, just a role that they're going to do. Um, it's, it's all down to them. It's, it's, it has nothing to do with fans. I mean, fans can stay on their back if they want. And they can get off their back. I don't think there's, you know, a right, yes or wrong there. Um, but it's it's the only definite is, is it's down to the players. I mean, the fans can't go out there and play the match for them. Um, they're the ones that have to make make the impact um, with what they do, the decisions they make. Um, so it's completely on the players more than the fans. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I can't I can't ask the fans to to not be upset um, knowing that it doesn't help uh, the, the players. I mean, it's really, really hard. If you've ever been in a situation where somebody's like yelled at you about something, about not doing something right. And then as you're trying to fix it, they just continuously yell at you more and more and more. Like it doesn't make it any easier to do the thing. Um, but sometimes it's just the way it goes, you know, and you gotta, you gotta get all the way through that and, and, and you'll come out better on the other side. Um, at least um, that's, how I was raised. And I don't know if that's right or wrong, but, um, we'll, we'll, we'll figure out really quickly if my mom gets this far into the show. Um, cause I'll get a text message. I'm sure. Um, my dad does not listen probably. I don't think so. I, he won't, he won't worry about it. Um, anyway, um, I don't know. Do you see anything else we, we want to answer here? Are we, are we, are we good? I feel like we've, we, we've done quite a bit here and, and there's a, a lot to true over. I mean, this is the first time we've had a win to talk about and maybe this isn't the, 
maybe it's not the celebratory podcast that we we would have hoped for, but I think there's still there's still a lot of there's still a job to do, right? Like we still have things we have to accomplish, and and I'm glad we got the monkey offer back at home, but we have we have to do it again on Wednesday, otherwise it kind of puts us right back in the same situation. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, well, I think coming back down to some of these little questions that have been put at the bottom, um, or just kind of like screen captures, you know, you know, why is Ralph not playing Jay? Um, there's a lot, of, you know, I got a lot of response yesterday from from people coming in on Twitter saying, you know, Ross lost the dressing room, things like that. You know, they're not playing for him, especially after that tweet, the difference between the two 18 matches. And it's like, um, it's just, it'll be interesting to see. I think every match we have to take at its value. I think I don't think we can look back at the Watford match on, you know, Wednesday, whenever we play and say, you know, you know, we have to do exactly what we did then. You know, we did, you know, great 24 minutes. You know, I think every match has to be looked at individually it's it's very similar to um, what they say about like the nfl that it's all like one game sample sizes and um i think that's what we have to take every match at and that's why i was saying that's why when i tweeted the whole you know if you're expecting us to play like we did at arsenal you know you'd be you know severely disappointed not just for the fact that you know taking confidence or things like that um but it's like yeah take aspects from that yeah um performance but at the end of the day where we are at i don't think we can look at you know, performances carrying over things like that. I think we can take aspects from it, but I don't think we can take the entire performance um, because every game it's it's so valuable at this point that it's it's very similar to, to the NFL in that you know we just have to look at it as one game sample sizes each week. Mm-hmm. Um, Norwich is going to be completely different than you know Watford was. You know they're going to set up completely different, play a different style, and uh, it's just how we react to it on the day. Um, but the only thing that I pretty much ask for is that we look like we're playing as a team that's desperate to get out of a, a, a relegation battle. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of the only thing, you know, looking down these questions, you know, do you think we'll stay up the season? It's like, I don't even think we can look at it that far ahead. Um, it's, it's not, you know, the fact that we can look at the table and see we're in the relegation zone, but it's just the fact that we have to take it literally with this group we can't look two or three games ahead. We have to look, you know, almost half at a time mm-hmm. um, because my friend, Andrew, who always loves getting a shout out, um, he was like, we can't play two forty-five minutes back to back. Like, right. it's like, why can't we play 90 minutes? And I think like I'm saying, we, we just can't look at two games at a time and say, we're going to carry this over and carry this over. Um, we literally have to treat every game as its own um, which is going to be really frustrating um, because I mean, you look at a couple of games, it's like, oh, we can win this one. We should win this one. We we might drop points here, but it's like we have to look at every game individually at this point um, because we just don't know what we're going to get. We don't know what team's going to turn up. Yeah, well, I think it it just makes it really hard to answer questions like this last one here uh, from from Jacob uh, Sobotka, I think. Uh, on Twitter. Uh, it says, Ralph seems to have the ship turning around. We look like to be gaining momentum. If we beat Norwich next week, can you see the team potentially comfortably avoiding relegation, finishing near mid-table, or is that all too uh, presumptuous at this point? I think like it, it, it just depends. Like If we play like we did in the last 20 minutes for the majority of the time, like the, the, the more we play like that, or the more we play like we did against Arsenal, the further up the table we will be. Um, but it's just, it's impossible to predict at this point how the team is going to show up and, and, and how the team is going to come out and what it's going to take for them to 
to to kick into gear each and every game. And some games they just don't do it at all. And then other games they they it takes the other team hitting the post or going ahead for for them to to do it. Or sometimes it's halftime that does it. Um, and it's there doesn't seem to be at least right now uh, that I've seen, and it sounds like you agree. Like it's difficult to find any sort of just key to the game. Like, if we can just unlock this one thing, that that will make us. Um, that that's what we do and, 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 and that will, will push us forward and, and get us to, to do the things that we need to do to win, win football games. Cause right now it's, it's just impossible to kind of pin that down. It doesn't seem to, there doesn't seem to be a pattern, which is I think frustrating for me um, as someone and, and for you as well, probably people who, who, you know, need to talk and write about this stuff. It's, it's hard to, to find the narrative really besides, you know, the fans are upset and they have a right to be. That's exactly. I mean, that's the perfect way to describe it is, you know, it's hard to find, if you were to go back, you know, if you were to try and put the story of Southampton season so far, I mean, all you're going to be able to get is, you know, we've dropped points and the fans are upset. Some people want Ralph out. Some people want him in. Some people don't like his tactics, but it's like <laughs> you just week to week, game by game. It's so different, you know, because we're just trying to do so many different things. That you, it's, it, it is hard to find the narrative. Um, other than the, the ones that we've mentioned, you know, the fans and, you know, things like that but i think uh it's if you look back i think the the hard part is if you look at like city how we played against city how we played against you know everton how we played against arsenal how we played against watford it's like you know it's so tough to find consistency you know like a consistency through each performance um and, and kind of what he's asking here you know ralph seems to be having you know it seems to have turned the ship around a bit you know we gain momentum it's like yeah we can say that it looks like we're gaining momentum but it's like we would come out on wednesday and be completely different and it's like you just you can't predict anything with this team which is largely frustrating but it's also that's that's what sport is and that's what's so great that's why you turn in or tune in each week yeah um because you just we just never know. It's so random. Yeah. Um, well, that that's why the games are played, right? Like it's not played on paper. You got to go out and do it. And you know, nobody would have predicted Norwich and Arsenal to draw, really. You know, other than Arsenal struggling. But like, there are lots of things that happen each and every every week. Like as we're talking, as you're saying this, uh, Grealish just scored against United, um, and and put Villa up one nothing. So um, there are things that happen, and and you got to play the games. And and in the long run, I think you know the table will will tell the truth for the most part. Um, over over the course of a thirty eight game season, we'll we'll see. But um, Alan, this has been it's been great. It's been nice to to have you have you back on and and get to chat with you. And uh, it's it's always great to uh, to come on and have some laughs because uh, we definitely do that. And we it's good to sometimes I feel like I'm a good perspective person because I'm around sports so much, and it's like and a lot of people are as well. A lot of people can say that, but it's like it's one of those I'm a good perspective guy because I. I try and not take it too serious and um, yeah, maybe life changing if we, if we go down, but it may feel life changing, but it's, you know, at the end of the day, club's still going to be there and, and I'll still be tuning in. Yeah. And I'm sure for some people it will, life will get more difficult if we go down in terms of being able to watch and enjoy the team as much as they can or are able to now. Uh, I being one of those people. Um, but it, it won't end forever. Like there will be other things that will go on. Um, so hopefully the team just does enough to, to stay up and stay up in the premier league and, and, uh, you know, not just stay up, but, but move on and, and, you know, try to, try to 
tackle some other things and and be successful in, in ways that uh, will please the fan base and play some, I guess, some aesthetically pleasing football for for everybody to enjoy because that's a, a big part of what we we look for as a as a fan base. But uh, yeah, um, so if people want to follow you, they can do that on Twitter at a underscore Gunsy. Uh, you're also on uh, Twitter with St. Mary's Musings at St. Mary's Musings, and the link to the website is in the show notes. And uh, yeah, man, it's been a blast, and we'll I'll, I'll send over the schedule so you can maybe get your get yourself on later in the season as well. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. And I did I went back and looked, and uh, Fulton Reed, one out of five. One out of five. One out of five. He's our James Ward Prowse. One out of five. That's it, man. We'll keep lining him up, man. Keep keep getting tackled outside the box. We'll just we'll just we'll just pump him in. It'll be fine. We'll, we'll just wait for that one out of five there. All right, man. Sounds good. All right, we'll see you in a bit. That does it for this episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that you've enjoyed it. Special thanks this week goes out to Alan Gunn. Thanks for joining on such short notice. You've been officially promoted to the first team, but keep working hard or we will demote you right back to the under-23s. We called up for fill-in duty at no, uh, w- without much hesitation because I'm a ruthless a-hole and honestly, I'll just forget to call you. Um, so anyway... You can follow Alan at A underscore Gunsy. You can follow St. Mary's Musings at St. Mary's Musings. And the link to the St. Mary's Musings website is in the show notes below as well. If you're on social media and you want to get in touch with this show, you can do that at SFCDELL underscore IVERY on both Twitter and Instagram. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash SFC delivery. Uh, you can get links to all those and more, including the weekly newsletter that comes out each and every Friday morning. Uh, UK time, of course, at SouthamptonDelivery.com. Uh, all music for the show comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games, and the end of show credits that you're listening to right now is Amos True by Potty Bear. Special thanks to everybody over at patreon.com forward slash SFC Delivery for supporting the show. Without your support, the show would not go on. You get a few extra perks, like having priority for getting your questions answered. Uh, and a couple of other extra episodes and things like that per month. But that is it. So if you can hear some background noise, it's okay. Stick with me for just a second. Um, the look over the show is done by Matt Beeling of the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. And the official partner page of the show is the Southampton page. You can follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for all your Southampton FC news and needs. Uh, they will keep you up to date with everything that is going on. And they'll make you laugh along the way, especially if you're not a fan of James Ward Prowse. Sorry. Anyway, uh, yeah, that same James Ward-Prowse that was um, you know, team of the week, scored the winner, uh, all that stuff. Go away. That was probably really rude. Of course, you can subscribe, rate, and review in whatever podcast app you currently listen to, or there are links at southamptondelivery.com, as I said before. Uh, if you would like to leave a review, that is very, very helpful. It helps other people find out about the show. It helps them know what other Saints fans think about it as well, uh, which is always encouraging. Unless, of course, you're a one or two star reviewer, then um, kindly don't. Uh, Just thanks. And that about wraps it up for this week. Of course, we'll be back next week to look back on both the Norwich and the Newcastle game. uh, Two big matches coming up for Saints. And hopefully we have more positives to talk about, more points to talk about, and hopefully some improved performances as well. So uh, with all that said, uh, thanks for listening. And until next time, remember that together, We march on.
Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And, you know, I don't know what I was going to say, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs>